Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? Chapter 6 of Daniel, we are going to be completing another whole chapter, which is uh, appropriate when you're looking at these early chapters, because remember, the book of Daniel is divided into two sections, historical accounts, the first six chapters, and prophetic accounts, the last six chapters, and I called it history and mystery. And so today, as we dive into uh, Daniel chapter 6, and we go through this chapter, we will complete the first section of Daniel. It's divided into two. And then next week, I have to warn you, it'll slow down a little bit, because right now we're, we're going through chapter by chapter, literally, but next week as we dive into the prophetic events and prophecy in Daniel, we will be looking a lot at other passages of Scripture, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and the book of Revelation. It will slow down. Also, it will, um, it will give you kind of insight even to our modern times and our current events, some of the things we're going to be looking at in prophecy. But in saying that, just today we are going to be looking at this famous Bible story. And I always, you know, I get um, harassed a little bit by Pastor Chris. I don't want to point him out. But what he says is, remember, they're not Bible stories. They're biblical or uh, historical accounts. So he always tells me and reminds me of that. And I am reminded he's right. You know, these Bible stories are historical accounts. We can trust this. This is the word of God. It's his story. And so we can trust that this is true. The story of Daniel and the lion's den is true, even if the world wants to tell you it's not. And there are a lot of powerful messages for us. I remember as a little kid, and I told you, as a little kid, when I was just a, a little heathen, uh, wasn't even a Christian yet, but our family had one of those big Bibles. You know, it took two people to open, and you just, you kind of, and I remember being fascinated by the painting of Daniel, because in the lion's den, he was laying on one of the lions, like a pillow. And I thought that was fascinating. Now, I'm not saying that's how it happened. It could have. But, but it, that's not historical. But the painting always impacted me because I thought, what causes a man to not be fearful? Who could just lay there with lions and not be afraid of the lions? And then, as a little guy, I started going to Sunday school. My parents got saved. We started going to this little church. And I heard the story. And I realized it was God and God alone. It was the faith of Daniel for sure, but it was God who preserved him. And it was a powerful story for me in my young childhood because I thought, I want to be like Daniel. I want to have that kind of faith, that kind of courage. But I'm also reminded of this. Daniel was a man who believed God. He had faith, a powerful faith. And this is what I know. Second Chronicles 16.9 tells us, the first part of that verse says this, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Do you understand that God is looking for men and women who he can show himself strong on their behalf, on your behalf? Do you realize what that's saying? He is looking all over the earth, even right now in this moment, for those whose hearts are loyal, whose hearts are directed towards God Almighty, 
who will do what he asks. And he will, it's a promise, he will show himself strong on your behalf. If your heart is right before your king, he is looking to and fro. And especially in these days we live, I think that's crucial. But this is what he did for Daniel, and he'll do it for us too. And so, now, just a little background. Remember, Babylon had been defeated. We looked at this last week. Babylon, on October 13th, 539 B.C., just after midnight, Babylon was destroyed. Babylon ceased to exist as a kingdom because the Medo-Persian Empire took them. And how they took them was Cyrus the king, his general, Gubara, which we'll talk about today, they came up with a plan to divert the Euphrates River because, remember, Babylon thought they were too big to fall. And what they did is they diverted the river and they walked under those massive security walls through the riverbed. And they slew all the military leaders and any who resisted that night with almost no fight at all. It was like shooting fish in a barrel. You know that old saying. But this is what happened. And then we know Cyrus, he was the Persian king that was overseeing the entire uh, Medo-Persian empire. He set in charge this man referred to as Darius. And Darius would be put in charge of the Chaldees, the area of Babylon, the city and the region of Babylon. And we're going to find that out in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1. We'll look at, at that even further. But I want you to understand Darius is more like a title. This comes up sometimes in discussions. But Darius is almost like a title like Caesar. So you'll see or hear of many Darius, that name, in that culture. And so that probably wasn't his first name. It means literally holder of the scepter, the ruler. So that, that's why that title is Darius the Mede. That's what that title means. But his name was probably Gabara. He was a general. He was the general that led the assault on Babylon. And so this man, referred to as Darius the Mede, just for your own reference, was probably Gabara. He was probably this general. But we know Cyrus had put him in charge over the area of Chaldees. And now we're going to read that this man, Darius the Mede, is going to set up his local government for Babylon and the region. And what he does is he, he sets up 120 satraps. Those are just... Uh, officials to do the daily administration of the kingdom. So there are 120 of these. But then he has three governors. And these are his right-hand men. And God, as usual, raises Daniel up to be the favorite. Of those three governors, Daniel is seen as the favorite by the king. And he wants to promote him even more. And this is going to cause a problem. We're going to see that these two other governors and these 120 satraps, these leaders, are going to be so jealous of Daniel that they're going to want to murder him and tear him down. Because remember, Daniel's probably in his 80s by now, and these are all pagans, and they're thinking, you're putting this old Jewish guy in charge of us? What are you thinking? But Daniel, we know, God just continues to show him favor over and over because of his heart, because God chose him to stand strong on Daniel's behalf, and he'll do the same for you and me. But know this, whenever God raises you up, whenever there's, there's uh, progress in that area, whenever God brings you to a ministry or something in life, there will always be those who come against it out of jealousy, out of whatever. And that's what happened to Daniel. They're going to come against Daniel. They're going to plot to murder him. And they're going to use the king as the murder weapon. And so with that, let's dive in. Daniel chapter 6, I'll start at verse 1. I'll read through verse 9, and then we'll look at this in depth. Verse 1, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom, and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. And that just means they, he wouldn't lose anything on taxes, military didn't revolt and didn't run off on him, and that he would make sure there's no thievery and things within government. Verse 3, then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. 
That's God's favor. And we know the Spirit of God was upon Daniel and in his life and working mightily. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not or could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Daniel has served over 60 years. And think about this. You have 120 administrators, <laughs> government administrators. No offense to those who work in government. Um, that's a bit of an oxymoron. I apologize. But, or these governors, they looked at his life. They searched it out. Over 60 years, he faithfully served. And they couldn't find a single problem, a single issue in his life. Could you imagine I mean, don't, don't raise your hands, but think about your own life for a second. If somebody went back, and some of you aren't 60, I get it, but, you know, 20 years in your life, in your career, could they find something you did wrong? These men couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel because his heart was right before the Lord. They hated him. Verse 5, then these men said, we shall, or we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Notice that. Verse 6, so these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have counseled together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Verse 8, now O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. And Father, this is your word. And God, we ask right now that you pour out your spirit upon your word, upon the hearts of everyone here. Lord, that you open our eyes to see, that you open our ears to hear. And God, that you pour out your spirit mightily. Get me out of the way. Lord, we know your word won't return void. And so, Lord, right now, do what you do, Lord. Let your word sink deep into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives, and change us from the inside out. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. On that note, notice what these weasels do. <laughs> these weasels who, they're going to come against Daniel because of their jealousy. And what are they going to do? They're going to use Daniel's faith, his own faith against him. They're going to try to use him in this way to cause him to stumble, and they're going to try to use the king as the murder weapon. And so what do they do? They come with flattery. This is such a powerful lesson. They come and they flatter the king. They stroke his ego. They pretend to be loyal. They pretend they're, you know, they're saying all the right things. But it's a trap. Sound like someone we know? Or maybe we shouldn't know, but this is the tool of the enemy too. This is what he does with sin in our lives. He comes to us with flattering words. Oh, you can handle it. You can handle that sin. Oh, you are so amazing. You're the one person who can handle that. He'll just talk you into that sin, whatever that is. He'll just set you up for failure. It's a trap, just like these men. But I want us to be reminded of something Jesus told his disciples. And I think we as a church, we as believers need to, to hear this lesson today. Take it to heart. Jesus said we need to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website.
Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.